on today's 30-minute music marketing branding for musicians. Cue title sequence. 30-minute music marketing for musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. Hello, I'm Sheldon. Hello, I'm Greg. And this is 30 Minute Music Marketing, the show for DIY artists and independent musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. That's you, hopefully. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for watching the show. If you're watching this live streaming on Facebook, hello to you. If you're watching it on YouTube at your leisure, hello to you. And if you're listening to us via our podcast on one of the many podcast platforms that there are out there, iTunes, Anchor, Stitcher... Um, Spotify, is that? Spotify, Spotify. Let me just go, hello to you. That was... Now, if, you, if, you, yeah, if you're watching this, are you, I, I look particularly stupid there. Hello, thanks, uh, welcome, and welcome to what is going to be a two-part episode. Controversial. It's a, it's a topic so big they couldn't fit it all into one episode. And we're talking about branding for musicians. So because it's two parts, this one is branding for musicians Infinity War, and the next episode will be Branding for Musicians. End game. End game. So it's quite exciting. Um, for me, I think branding is one of the most overlooked parts of the, um, you know, the arsenal that DIY musicians and all uh, independent musicians have. It's one of the most overlooked things. People don't necessarily tend to either know what it is, know how to implement it. There's also certain perhaps negative connotations associated with branding, perhaps. I think that certainly if you speak to a lot of the people I've spoken to, the idea of branding is, is seen as, oh, Corporatisation. Corporatisation, commercialisation, selling out, perhaps. But so, so, I know you put on the thing, caption one. Caption one. You put coffee, why? Coffee, why, right, okay, well, via the medium I was of, hoping that wasn't just a misprint and I've just completely... But no, 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 okay. via the medium of you operating a non-linear editing package yes. in the future, you're going to be... Uh, if you can put on some sort of ding as you uh, as you put this caption on. Caption one. Okay, so you might have seen something similar to this particular caption posted on a social network either sometime recently or sometime in the past. So when I do ding, yes, they're going to be seeing the caption that I'm looking at right now. Yeah, that you're looking which at. Which now makes which sense. Which now you're you looking put at. Coffee, right. Yes. Okay. okay. So for the benefit, so we've we've got the caption you're looking at down here. It, 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 it's, there, it's a wonderfully produced show. That there is a possible oversight. Which is? Or the people listening to on our podcast. Oh right. Well, don't worry. We'll be talking about it. Okay, that's fine. Okay. So I haven't thought, but sorry, sorry, podcasters. <laughs> you're making such a big deal. Yes. By the way, you won't actually see this, but I, we'll have to describe it. I, yes. It's going to have to be some audio descriptions coming okay. about it. So, uh, so, so, so I've seen various uh, iterations of this. And it says people are willing to pay five dollars, or for people in the UK, five, five pounds, pounds for a cup of coffee. Let me put my sarcastic voice on. Uh, that costs pennies to make. It only takes minutes to prepare, and it's gone forever after just one use. But people won't pay one dollar, one pound, pound, for a song they like that costs thousands to record, can be used over and over again, took years of practice to create, and lasts. A lifetime. So, 
one of the reasons. Well, I'll you know I'll say to I'll open it up to to you on the floor, Greg. Okay. So why might that be? Why might somebody pay over the odds? Because let's face it, it doesn't cost five dollars slash pounds to to make a, a a cup of delicious coffee. You know those beans only cost pennies. So so what's one of the contributing factors to people buying an overpriced cup of coffee? Well, I think possibly. I mean. Coffee hasn't always been popular. Not it to hasn't the extent no. that we had, that well, it is now. When we grew up, back in those, when when the internet was in black and white, ladies and gentlemen, and a dial-up, uh, coffee was just something that it, it, it the was, idea of going up for coffee was not something that would engage everyday conversation. If you if you were able to go back back to the future style, yes, to your sixteen-year-old self, yes. and say that. In the future, people would be paying maybe ten times as much now for what is maybe a similar cup of coffee from from thirty years ago. You, you, you wouldn't have believed your future self. It would be a little bit weird to actually hear it that. Would. You'd be like, "Say what?" Um, but the only thing I was going to say is that you know, if you were to kind of go back twenty odd years or so, you know, people will spend five pound for a drink in a pub. Ultimately, I suppose the product has changed, but people still seem willing to pay in this situation over the odds for something that can only be consumed once. But what, what I would do is I would go so far as to say in, in this particular example, the main contributing factor for because we know that, like, for example, it's, if we were to go into our local town centre, you could go to the Lemon Tree Cafe and they'd probably give you a nice cup of coffee for maybe £1.50. Something Yeah, along. I mean, there's a cafe near but, here. So, but people are for. willing to pay. I think it's... it's oh. Sorry to interrupt. People are... It is this... You are presented via various forms of marketing. This It's a lifestyle. It's, it's not... You're not having a coffee, you're having an experience. Oh, that's, that's very good. The E word. Hold uh, on to that. But that experience comes as part of a sort of a chain brand. So, you know, in the UK... We've you got... feel you're missing out on something if you don't experience it. You know, you've got all the frozen coffees, you've got the other, you know, if you look at... Uh, but, I was going to say Those experiences but... are built as part of sort of a, you know, an extension of, of a particular brand and it, it's that branding and it's all the, all the marketing and maybe the, the accoutrements as part of that particular brand. Oh, yeah, the fact that you're aware of it yeah. Is a big is a big indication. The only thing, sorry, I've just looked at your thing and I like the fact it says popal. Yes, there, there is a typo. Again, if you're on the podcast, I'm ever so sorry about this, but you, you, you're missing it's, out on a, on a wonderful typo it's, on screen. Uh, I, why people do it, I have no idea. It, it, is, it is strange and there doesn't seem to be any decline. No, but, 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 but that can possibly be our introduction as to the power of branding. And, and suggestion. And suggestion and the the power that branding exhibits potentially over and, all of us. And I mean, you put in here, and I would agree with it anyway, is the fact that you know if you go into Starbucks or Cafe Nero or Costa, and if anyone wants to give us free coffee, we'll tell you their name as well. I don't. We'll drink, actually I, make a bigger deal. I don't drink it. coffee, so tea it will have to be. I don't drink alcohol, so please, definitely coffee. Um, is the fact that you know what you're getting? Yes. You there's no if you go into a Starbucks. And offer, uh, sorry, and order a cafe, uh, sorry, coffee macchiata, or however you pronounce it. I don't know. Don't ask me. Uh, and you know exactly what you're going to get. And 
And so when you hand your you know five pound over, there's no sense of uh, looming disappointment. Now there there is something to be said again talking about the McDonald's experience. People like and will always go into McDonald's no matter where they are because they there is a certain amount of st quality assurance, standardisation. I've but literally had McDonald's in Australia, in America, in Europe, in the UK, and he won't because he's a vegetarian and I like slutty food. It's just the fact that there's no variation. You know exactly what you're going to get. And sometimes... You know, if you're a fussy eater, which I'm not, but you, you just, you're playing it safe. So, let's maybe try and give ourselves a definition as to what branding is so we can start to build on that and have a look at how, as a musician, we can... how a branding might affect us in some way, shape or form. Now, uh, so... I'm going to turn to the trusted uh, academic source that is uh, Wikipedia, I, I think for this. This is an edited version. Uh, a brand is the, quote, name, term, design, symbol, or any other feature that identifies one seller's product distinct from those of other sellers. Okay. So, uh, initially branding was adopted to differentiate one person's cattle from another by means of a distinctive symbol. So if you can imagine plain, field, whatever, cattle, cows, and there could well be different cattle from owned by different farmers. Yes. However, you know, in, in other words, if you were to try and sort of, if you need to separate those at any point, you wouldn't normally be able to do that. However, if the cattle have a brand on them, then there is a distinguishing mark which helps identify, identify and, and differentiate. So if you think about yourself as a musician or as in a band, if you think about all the other people making the same sort of music as yourself, if you can use branding in order to differentiate yourself from all that competition, I would argue that branding and, and looking at branding as, as a way to do that would be a very good thing. I'm going to think of something. It will come back oh, well, to okay. me. Okay, it, right. It, uh, so here's, here's another one. Definition of branding. So you've already touched on this. It can also be the promise of an experience and conveys to consumers a certain assurance as to the nature of the product or service that they will receive. I mean, as an example, for those who are actually watching the podcast, the camera that we're using at the moment is a Sony. Uh, I'm... I bought that camera partly because I'm familiar with the brand and I know they make, you know, pretty decent cameras. Have you got brand loyalty, Greg? Um, to some extent, but it, I wouldn't. in this situation, it wasn't so much brand loyalty. I'm, if I want to go down the route of brand loyalty, I'll always buy Philips televisions. But in I, like, I like Panasonic televisions, by the way. So, and it's really weird how people do have, you know, they will stick with something through hell or high water, for really no logical reason. That's the, that's the thing, as, as we'll come on to see, a lot of branding works in a subliminal, yeah. subconscious fashion without us actually realising. So, But I knew that, at least with this camera made by that brand, that I had an idea of what to expect. And that reduces the guesswork. OK, the camera wasn't $5. Or five pounds, but it was, you know. It, but you still kind of go, okay. There seems less of a risk when there is that sense of familiarisation. And yeah, you're right in terms of if you're a band who plays metal, as an example, 
there does seem to be though, and it doesn't. This is not just specifically that genre. It seems to be a lot of genre. Artists and bands seem to think that their uniqueness and their brand, not that they would call it that, would come from just the words they write. And I mean, there are certain genres that do like who will not will not stay will not go anywhere further than just this kind of. They won't go outside the lines. And it's like, how does I don't understand why you would want to almost basically just dissolve into a variety of in a million and other bands who are exactly the same with no easily identifiable things. Or, I mean, for years ago, years and years ago, do you remember a dance music record label called Extravaganza? I d vaguely, yes. You, you... She came, was on Extravaganza. And, and, and I would buy records, uh, buy those singles uh, without even hearing them because I knew that Extravaganza had that air of this is going to be something I really, really like. And there were, uh, you know, obviously back then there was a multitude of record labels making dance and electronica, EDM for those in the States, but 20 years ago. Uh, and, but, and it was also like Renaissance, the promotions company. I didn't need to hear it. I didn't even need to see it. I just knew that that coming out was going to be right on my street. And Apple used to have it when people used to queue outside the store for the Well, they, they, they still do, but mm, not in so many numbers. No. So, yeah, some sort of, uh, some sort of assurance as to what you're going to get and perhaps uh, engendering uh, loyalty amongst people who, who consume and buy and like what you do. So the, all these are so differentiation, loyalty, uh, assurance. These are, all, these are all seemingly good things. Good things. So if, we're, if the first thing we can think of to do with branding is A, what I think is positive experiences that we've had to the idea of branding, and the and then not only that, but they I don't think are negative things. Why is it? Do bands kind of go? Oh no, I don't want to be seen as some corporate machine. Well, they don't. They assume that just because corporations are experts in branding, that they will embody all the perhaps what would be downsides of of. Capitalism and therefore corporations, you can still basically use the same techniques but without necessarily being as evil. Yeah, but I never thought, oh, extravaganza, some capitalist corporate machine, they're up to no good. I went, hey, I know what I'm getting here and I'm going to like it. I don't know. I can't, I can't vouch for other people. I can only vouch for myself. I don't know if I've mentioned this before in one of the previous things, but when uh, an, an old interview with Rob Zombie, and he was kind of saying about, um, you know, in terms of, and about uh, some fans came to him after doing a gig and he's like, and they're like, oh, you're selling out, man. You're like part of this corporate machine. And the guy's like, I'm on my ass. I have no money whatsoever. And you're telling me I'm selling out. He's like, what do you do? And they're like, well, we work for McDonald's or <laughs> a bank. And he's like, what? You're telling me I'm selling out and you're working for one of the biggest corporate machines. And it's just like, and, it just made me laugh, but it's so true. It's just like, and there there are people here, clients of mine, who who are very very against this idea of trying to brands because they see it as such a negative thing, and then you really because they hate to be you know this idea of being anti-capitalist, and then you kind of go, so what do you do for a living? Well, I work for a bank. <laughs> it's just like maybe that is 
maybe their response is because I don't want to get so far away from that. I don't know. But you just kind of go, oh. So have I gone off? You, you've much? slightly deviated. Sorry. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. So people love brands. Yes. I was just thinking then as to all the equipment that's associated with this particular production today. You've got a Sony camera, you've got Tascam audio equipment, you've got is it the Sennheiser? Uh, um, yes, Sennheiser mics. Sennheiser, we're running an Apple Mac Book. just to uh, run the, uh, the presentation. So, so when we buy things, we do tend to always go for what, either what we know or what we think we know, and, and that, that tends to be in, you know, with with particular brands, and the thing is, the, the the general public do tend to like some brands more than others. Although at the moment, Samsung don't seem to be doing particularly well with their folding phones. That seems to have broken quite quickly, and it wouldn't be the first time uh, Samsung have had to deviating again. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I'll, 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 we're just saying negative brand experiences. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the so what's the next slide, Sheldon? The next slide, ding. Here it is, no doubt. Um, if we're talking about brands and two brands fighting it out, it's the dawn of time, Coke and Pepsi. That what that they refer refreshing <laughs> cola drink. What they refer to as the cola wars, ladies and gentlemen. Coke's always been the bigger of the two companies. Pepsi has always been the rival, snapping at its heels. And Pepsi have, have been forever trying to find ways in order to get the leap ahead of Coca-Cola. And one of the ding, one oh, of the ways, another slide. Another slide one, of, one of the ways that they've done that is, um, and they've done this since the 1970s. The that picture is from the 1970s. The Pepsi it? challenge, the Pepsi taste test. So um, this has been used on uh, actual marketing campaigns throughout the years. The the the, the ro roll up to some sort of shopping centre mall for our American cousins. Hello, and they'll uh, they'll, they'll do a blind taste tests, two drinks. One's Coke, one's Pepsi, and they give it to a member of the public to say, right, taste those. You don't know which is which. Which do you prefer? And they'll, they'll, they'll sample it. And the majority, and this is true, the majority of the people will turn around and go, oh, right, it's, it's that particular one that I like. And the people behind the stand will go, congratulations, you like Pepsi. And what they'll then go is, go, oh, yeah, no, but I like Coke. Okay. And it's, no, 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 but it, it, through taste alone, you prefer Pepsi. When you remove the label and you present the product bare. Yeah, but people, for the majority of the time, will return back and say, yeah, but I prefer Coke. But what they're actually saying is that they prefer what is probably best described, ding, as the Coke branding experience. Coca-Cola isn't just brown fizzy water. Ladies um, and gentlemen, it has all these extra associations. A friend of mine here has actually just started working for Coca-Cola and he was amazed at the amount of other drinks that they do. He was just like, they do that as well, and that. I did oh, say yeah. to them about what they're like with unions, but he thought best not to say. Best not to say. So th the first one uh, that we can uh, we can bring to mind is um, it's they, Christmas. Didn't they invent Father Christmas? No, I think that's a... Is that a myth? I, th I think you need to go on to Snopes.com for that one. I thought they, they commissioned a drawing to something and they came for, someone came forward with the, I don't know with whether that's, the, the picture of Father Christmas. Has that been de de answering the comments below? <laughs> Please let me know, just so I can sleep at night. Right, so, 
Christmas, one has associations. Holidays are coming. The yes. Coca-Cola Coca van. In previous advertising campaigns... I'd like to teach the world to sing. I'd like to uh, have a coconut smile. That wasn't that... Happiness has been, you know... Is Eddie one of the... Murphy did the have a coconut smile and shut... Yeah, anyway, that's... Did he really? Yeah, it's funny. Um, you might be able to even insert a little snippet of that here. Uh, friendship. Putting names on bottles and associating Coca-Cola yeah, with friendship. That, that was... And people, and you know the people that you know and love. Did you and... ever find a bottle with Sheldon written on it? Did I? Echoes <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't think they did one with Greg. So. And even nice little fluffy polar bears. There's some irony there, isn't there? Now. The, well, yes. Plastic, single-use plastic. <laughs> the, the, no doubt, in a future campaign, the, the polar bears will be hitting each other over the head with them. Well, the one other thing, and I, again, please let me know if I'm wrong on this, but the company with the biggest marketing budget in the world is Coca-Cola. Again, I cannot corroborate that fact. Which is why everyone, which is why they're the most recognised brand. And if you tell, ask anybody to name a brand anywhere in the world, Coca-Cola is the most recognised brand name in the world. Is this a fact you can uh, you can definitely? This was a fact from when I many many years ago when I um, it was certainly information that was provided via a um, a reputable um, research based company whose name I can't remember. It's that reputable, <laughs> right? Focus Min, it, was, it was Mintel. Min, Mintel, I, I, I love their soft chewy mints. So back to the task in hand. So, so people like Coca Cola more than Pepsi because of all these extra associations and experience that they associate with the product. So, so, the, so the brand of Coca-Cola, the products of Coca-Cola is, you know, is more than just brown fizzy water. That brand encompasses and has all these extra connotations and associations which engender you know, a, an extra-like well, ability. Did Coca-Cola come first with the diet kind? Before I, I, Pepsi, I, I don't. Know. The only reason being is then obviously they bring an entire they bring a product that's almost gender specific because Diet Coke was mainly marketed towards women, wasn't it? And then they decided to come out with Coke Zero, which is Diet Coke for men. So they've almost mm. genderized to make something more relatable. Let's not go into the genderification of soft drinks just but now. The, the, it's, the, it's outside the right. All right. Outside the remit. So, can I ask a quick question? By all means. Do you have a, because we've obviously, you know, the things you come forward with Coca-Cola, again, I'll put the, the thing. thing back up again, in terms of the experience, which a lot of them I remember. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but do you have one for Pepsi? No, I'm, I'm sure we can do one. Because, uh, but, but, that, but is that not a point in itself? If you can come forward with the idea of a Coca-Cola brand as an ex a Coke brand as an experience, but we can't come up with something for Pepsi. The only thing I can remember to do with Pepsi as an experience is Michael Jackson burning his hair, which isn't a positive experience. In in more ways than one these yes. days. So, but, Sp Spice Girls, Beyond Beyonce. Did she? And that's that's about it. Yeah. But that but there you go. That that you know this idea of constantly doing something more than just its core stuff. So it helps get seep into people's subconsciousness. So by becoming a brand or using the, the bits of branding, uh, you can become more liked. Think about Coca-Cola. Mm. Uh, you can differentiate yourselves from others. Yep. So musicians are in very much a crowded marketplace. 
You can become yes. more than just the music because, as we know now, Coca-Cola is more than a soft drink. And you can, you know, brands help you increase the value of what you're selling. So, so again, five dollars, five pounds for a um, a cup of coffee. Uh, I was looking as as a way of an example. Uh, you're familiar with the fashion brand Burberry. Yes. Um, cost of a Burberry scarf. What was probably, you know, I could go out Debenhams, 10... Look, I, I'm a man of advancing <laughs> years. I'm not, I'm not going to go into next. Start giving me... To be well, honest, you better stockpile on Debenhams because they might not be around. They might not be, so. yes. Again, for people outside the UK, references that you're probably not going to get. But you might expect to pay 10 to £15 pounds <coughs> for a quality scarf at a major men's outfitters, even the term outfitters rubbish. How, how, much is a, how much is a Burberry scarf? I, I checked this on the internet, roughly. Um, at a, a guesstimate, I'd say about 80 quid. Uh, it's about 300 pounds. No The way. power of branding, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, but didn't actually, ironically, but didn't Burberry do, in some respects, their brand association and awareness, didn't it kind of backfire because loads of people started buying their stuff who weren't the kind of customer they wanted? And I'm using my words carefully. Um, that's that's as maybe, but we're outside the remit. <laughs> let's let's I'm focus. Just saying, on the... sometimes the, oh, yeah. the you know the, the the association can work against, and then it works harder. To, it takes a while to kind of get that back. I'll shut up. Okay, let's push things forward, as Mr. Skinner said. So how do you, as a DIY musician or independent artist, I've got a tickly throat again, <coughs> how do you go about creating a brand for yourself? Well, the first step is the use of imagery. You've got to think about the fonts that yes. you use, either in your logo or that's featured on your website or on terms of any of, of your maybe music releases. So, to begin with, you yeah. you know, to even go a step back before that is the idea of creating an identifiable logo, mm. which some bands might not have even done that. They might have a band name and just use Times New Roman. As Comic Sans. No, please. Uh, or Ariel. You know, in terms of, you know, again, there's... That people might not have even thought that far to say, you know, using something like Fiverr, just getting a, a vector drawing done by someone which is unique to you. Well, we've got to take a step back okay. and I've got to introduce the very sensitive topic of semiotics. Okay, this Signs. is going to be interesting. Yes. This is going to be interesting in that I can't I do it. I didn't realise we are going to be doing a contextual studies uh, lesson. Well, we're not going to, well, all we're going to say is that whatever image you present to anybody. Obviously there's the image itself, but there's a certain amount of associations and that particular image or text can be read and decoded in a specific way. You're basically, whatever image you present to people, you're sending a hidden set of messages to people, often without them realizing. So let's take the, the example of one of the former members of staff here, whose name I won't mention, uh, who uh, who likes his metal and his bands and stuff. And, and we see this, a lot of bands in a particular genre tend to choose fonts that are very, very similar. I understand the point of stylization to help help you give the audience a clue as to where you're coming from, but does that not in itself become a problem because it almost becomes 
again, oversaturation of similarity? What I would say there is that there are existing codes and those existing codes, for the most part, have to be adhered to. Because the, the one thing I will, I will say is that people's brains, despite us actually having the most powerful you know, computer uh, there has ever the been within, within our heads, our brains don't really like to be taxed on certain things. They like to be unbothered so we can concentrate on breathing and think about what we're having for tea. So we, we generally have to fit in with a set of existing design codes which subliminally send messages to our brain to say this particular, by reading this particular name in this particular font, that will give us some sort of clue and some sort of indication as to what genre they're in. And your brain goes, oh, I'm happy now. I know where this particular person's coming from. Right. So I, so I do it have... is that, that, that familiarity, making sure that people don't... That they know they're in the right place. Now, which particular? So you, you, you're talking oh, about. We got a lot more. I can't keep up oh, well, with that. No, don't. You've gone ahead and you're, you've started talking about fonts. Okay, gone. So, so Bing. What? So in. So again, apologies if you're listening on the podcast. Here's a couple of examples of uh, of uh, some particular fonts. Now, what music genre would you potentially associate with that, Greg? Looking at that, this is this is spontaneous. I have. I feel like a musician. I couldn't tell you. Look at that, and just kind of go. It is I uh, maybe something in the vein of? Um, I can't. I'm, some kind of Music. electro on, electro pop yeah, kind AD, of EDM. Yeah, maybe someone in, in like in terms of the colours that are associated there. We're clean talking bandit neon. kind of. Yeah, uh, David Guetta. Yeah, maybe something like that. It's it's slightly futuristic. Yeah. It's sending, you know, it's sending messages, it's signifying that if you use these particular fonts for your logo or for any other element of graphic design within your branding sort of package, you're sending a message to somebody to say that this particular person is an EDM artist. I, I'm certainly looking, I'm not going to go, they're a hard rock band. No. Okay, ding. On to the next, next slide. One. Here's a couple of examples. This one's quite easily identifiable. In terms of the colours, colours, colours use, the, the the almost the the it's kind of old fashioned. Is that, a, is that a serif? Is that what they call it? I, it's I'm not, it's I'm not almost a like a, a calligraphy spirit. kind of style where it's all very over accentuated. Handwriting, yes. personal. Again, all these extra associations. So, are these actually real bands? Um, they are. Are they? I believe so. Wow. I think so. So, so again. Alt, you know, folky, country, country, uh, bluegrass, yeah, that that sort of thing. And there's a <laughs> massive selection of metal logos. And we've gone, yeah, the complete other it? opposite. What? Some of them are quite difficult to read. I won't lie. I, I, the one in the the one in the second up from the middle. I have no idea what that says. No, no, no. I, th I think that's part of the uh, it's part of the charm. It'd be great. I know we're talking about you know challenging codes and conventions. If uh, somebody was to do a metal logo in Comic Sans, <laughs> it, it I would... thought you did your logo in Cotton Hand Jacket. It's, it's called Porky. My band's logo is called Porky's. Why? Do, actually, talking of logos, then what made you choose your logo for your band? Um, it was. It was it was it was round and the ideology behind it. The ideology behind it is that it was meant to um, 
um, be somewhat similar to a logo for a place called uh, Wigan Pier. Not not Donk Wigan Pier. You've, yeah, I realise. Northern Salt. Yeah, yeah, uh, Northern. Northern. Northern right. Wigan, just up the road. I'll, t I'll tell you more about it later. No, okay. That's off off, off camera, right. Okay, so, so certain fonts imply certain musical genres, the use of colours. Again, um, there's lots of research, some of which is quite sort of contradictory about the associations that colours have. For example, um, orange is supposed to be very businesslike. I, 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 I don't know why. There are, there are, you know, so is that some reference to the old network? I, 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 I don't know. So yeah, so, so fonts are important. Um, if we have colours are important. Colours are important. Um, so if we think about band photography, now uh, hopefully that everyone here, um, in terms of the uh, their publicity photos, get get some nice good uh, um, shots done from a professional photographer. But the way that you dress in uh, your um, your photography, the way that you present yourself, even when you're if you look at the camera, if you don't look at the camera, it's the, you know the the way you are positioned in terms of your of your body, all those signifies you, and sends messages. A quick question to regarding the people. that. Yes. Do you follow the advice of the photographer, or do you direct the photographer in in something like that? Well, what I would say is because you've it's, you've it, had professional photos done. Haven't yes. You? And but but what I would say is if if at all possible perhaps try and work with a photographer who's used to taking photos for music purposes just so they potentially know what the end result should be because the difference between a good quality photo and a photo with a certain amount of embedded imagery which which yeah. is being passed on. To the, to the other particular person. So again, if you can use a photographer that has experience in uh, in this particular area, or the same with a lot of things, look at maybe other artists, and as soon as you see somebody who you know has got a really good sort of uh, shot, and go, all oh, right, who did that? And then potentially use those. So Ding, first one up is, uh, now I know Rupert, is a good lad. Rupert who? Rupert is, is, the, is the chap who's, who's on screen now. Okay, yeah, but I don't know who he is. Oh, you don't need to. Well, what's his surname? Or is his artist name Rupert? Well, no, it's. I'm not going to. Well, I'm not going to. I'll tell you his name later. Okay. So, so, so I'm presenting a photo of Rupert, and indeed, I'm presenting a photo. Again, apologies if you're on the podcast. Photo of Should Rupert. Should we describe so, him? Um, Has he got a beard? He's, he's, he's slightly. Slightly stubbly, as it as is the uh, you know as is, as is the fashion these days. He's got a, a is that a leather jacket? I think that's a it's a leather jacket. With a denim shirt on underneath. And he's wearing uh, he's he's playing a nice hollow body, probably an eight three five. Lovely. Or a Gretsch guitar. Button. It's green. It's actually quite fetching. So, um, what sort of music do you think he makes? I reckon it's either indie or uh, country kind of. It's not country. It's what he's wearing a leather jacket. Leather? Well, I don't know. I would say indie from that part. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's a sort of a um, um, indie rock, you know, singer-led sort of thing. But you know, is 
He he strikes me as someone who's in a four-piece band. I, I'm not too sure. I do, you know, he, he, he might come out just as himself. But okay. good old good old Rupert there. He's you know he, he's looking up. He, he's he's. He's bright, you know. Again, in terms, he's of, in terms of his not pose, looking at the camera. he's not looking at the camera, but he's, he's looking. You know, is, is his music uplifting? He we does potentially look read in a from position that. of thoughtfulness. He does, but he's you know he's looking up. Maybe you know, is his music uplifting? I would probably say just from that photo. Do you like his music? Well, I suppose you can't answer that. Now. <laughs> Actually, ignore that question. Rupert's good. So the only he's, thing he's is though, lad. it could be that he might have gone. Hmm. Did I leave the gas on? But if 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 you, I'll show you some more photos of Richard Shoulder, okay. and you can you see he's, he's smiling in, in quite a few of them. So you know he's okay. Uh, it is quite nice. Okay. Okay. On to on to the next one. Uh, what we've got here is three people in what appears to be um, a... the um, what do they call it underneath a, underneath a bridge? Um, Where do the trolls live? The I know what you mean. Um, basically, it's this, the uh, space that's usually turned into studios or car <laughs> repair places if it's in uh, our town centre. But yeah, the, so it's, it's in a pastoral setting. There's three people. Uh, we've got one person with a double bass, someone with a guitar, that, someone with a fiddle, with a violin. Yeah, uh, they the blokes all have long hair, they're both wearing blazers and jeans. And the lady is wearing, is it a denim jacket and a certainly ankle length skirt. So I get the impression they are possibly going to be a folk band or maybe country, but I'm inclined to say more gypsy jazz folk. Folk it is. Well done, Greg. Thanks. Now, the, the thing is, a lot of people go, oh, is it really necessary to, to actually have our instruments with us? And unfortunately, yes, it is. Really? Yeah. Again, the brain, the brain does not want to be bothered. Give the brain as much information as you possibly can. You know, if you if you play the banjo, if you play the acoustic guitar, when you're having your photo, get it in there. My only critique of that photo, yeah. the only thing that seems out of place is the guy who's and they all seem to, obviously you presuming from that picture the person in the middle is the front person of the band. Uh, I'm not familiar. This is a, a, a group called Show of Hands. Okay. My only my only the thing that was, I find it rather puts me off that picture is everyone else look they all look pretty much like like the like the, the folk thing apart from the guy in the middle who's got everything right apart from the vans on his feet he's, he's a comfortable vans don't always go with oh, wear what you're comfortable in he should have worn shoes like the other guy now if you're in an indie rock band Cute ladies other picture bing if you're an indie rock band ladies and gentlemen you probably need to wear is that the stripey. same band? No, no, it's not the same. Again, <laughs> they all look the same. So literally, out of this, and no word of a lie, for those who are listening to this, we have nine, nine. pictures, <laughs> and every single picture, they are wearing stripy tops. There's one member wearing a stripy top, which is, again, we're talking about fashion every codes. every single picture. And five of them are in black and white, and one, two... There's lots of sunglasses. There, there as are well. a lot of sunglasses. It's almost like it, you kind of go, right, they must run a class on how to pose for indie band photos. I, th I think they possibly do. So there's no, there's no room <laughs> for any <laughs> variation. There is a standardization is, for an indie rock band photographer. That is photographer. traced to the letter, isn't it? I'm, I'm afraid there is. So, it, it, so again, if you're an indie rock band, when you're having your photo, you done, are not leaving. You probably need to look like this. You are not leaving anything to the imagination, are you? No, but again, it's like 
with, with certain elements of photography, you just have to go pretty much to the, with, to the letter in terms of what the established set of rules are. And like, like I said, the, the brain is a funny thing. It doesn't want to have to think it wants all the information presented to it just so it's not on a back foot, as it were. The only thing I would say with these pictures, again, for the listener out there rather yep. than the viewer, is that the amount of people with indie haircuts is certainly getting less. I think, I think that's possibly... But uh, there does seem to be a slight um, moving forward. Right, OK. Is that uh, David Guetta, by any chance? It's not David Guetta, no. Is it somebody who wants to be like David Guetta? I, I, right, so... He's got sex. Describe... Right, I'm just going to say, describe for the uh, the podcaster at home. He, he's actually uh, carrying some sort of control surface for uh, turntables. It looks like a Pioneer DJ controller. Maybe a new mark. No idea. There is neon uh, lighting in the background. It's yep. It, so, what sort of music are we associating with this chap it's here? Possibly EDM. It's possible. It's DJ Fresh. It is. Is it? Uh, I think so. Oh right. I thought I wasn't sure if you meant DJ Fresh, as in it's fresh by a DJ, no, rather no, than no. the actual I th I artist that, DJ Fresh. Again, <laughs> nothing is. It's like he's literally. Again, talking about the rules of photography, he's literally carrying around his his, uh, his mixing control surface it's, with him. He's leaving nothing to chance. You're right. There is literally, there is, I'm not leaving any area for misinterpretation. None whatsoever. It's spelling it out. It's, it's pretty much band photography 101. One. So if you think about all these... Have we got any more? No, oh, you were enjoying that then, weren't you? Oh, the, the, yes, I was. It's actually quite interesting that you've gone to this now. Ding! Or, uh, about in terms of the visual identity in your packaging. Or it is your packaging. It, it, again, you know, we're, we're trying to get away from the old sort of consumer and corporate, but I think we have to consider that, that all these visual aspects, uh, you know, in terms of your typography, the, how you are photographed, maybe the clothes that you're wearing. If you think about music, which again is just a series of, of for the most part, zeros Notes. and ones, that all these, the, the visual accompaniment to it is, even though it might not be physically associated and actually wrapping those zeros and ones around it, it is, it is very much the, the external packaging that, that people see and therefore associate with your music and as in this particular instance packaging can be influential because I'm not so sure how it is in, the, in other countries but in the UK um, cigarettes now come in white packages mm. all, 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 all the old style packaging on the cigarettes has now been eliminated well, I mean and I, I'm I would say the cigarette manufacturers have had a bit of a tough time because they're not even out to advertise in Formula One anymore so that you know their ability to actually let their brand infiltrate your mind has really been. I mean, this was was being restricted even before this idea of literally you have to ask the cashier what brand you want. You can't. Although vaping seems perfectly fine, I find it a little contradictive. But yeah, it is. I it must have a negative impact on the sale of cigarettes. Sorry, I'm just doing it. You, you deviated again, no, no, Greg. No, we're talking about cigarettes and packaging is influential. And yeah. if you can't see the packaging, that's going to... But then again, you've never smoked, have you? So you're no. probably... So for someone not, like you, that's what I mean. I'm you're not, not bothered. bothered. But for someone... Who, well, okay, I'm an ex-smoker, but, you know, I find... It must be a bit odd 
going up and buying a pack of cigarettes now, if you got used to buying them when you could kind of go, I'll have those ones because the packaging looks nice. When you think about every other aspect of you going into a store. And it's there. And again, the, the way that everything that you see, that the packaging has been designed to send you a certain set of Catch signals. your attention. And you know, again, if you, if you are a, a cigarette manufacturer, how, how you are very much mm. at a disadvantage. So obviously we're now coming to the end of episode one. But until uh, we get to episode two, I think what it's, uh, it's an opportunity for, for you, the listeners at home, to do a little bit of an inventory in terms of maybe your, um, the banners on your social networks, on your Facebook page, on your Twitter page, maybe have a look at all the artwork from uh, anything that you might have up on SoundCloud, any of your official releases that are on Spotify, etc. Are you using the right fonts? Are you using um, photography that sends, and, and other graphic images that, that sends the right message to your, to your intended audience? And if not, then that's maybe one of the things that you need to do. And again, let's have a look at your typography. Do you need to maybe amend things just so that things are a little bit slightly more on point and are telling the person at the other end exactly what it is that you're uh, that it is you, you, that you're doing? And I mean, from personal experience, people like you know the name of my company is Elusive Country Club, and people say I am true to the letter because they can't find us all the time. <laughs> So again, have a, maybe have a look at your logo. Does your logo need refreshing? And if so, do you need to start looking around for, for new fonts and what have you to, uh, to try and freshen that up and get, get it more on point? Would you, on a serious question, so yes. things, if you've already started with your branding and the, maybe the, the, content, the, the, the ideas that we've spoken about today have not been implemented, would you see any negativity in saying to that person, hey, you rebranding yourself part way through your, your would that be a yeah, bad no, thing? It, no, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily. You can, you can always uh, you know, adopt, adapt and improve. It, it's very unlikely that a band will use the same typography and maybe even the same logo throughout their, their entire sort of long established career. Hmm. You know, things will always change and it may well be that for certain projects, certain typography and you know, certain design elements will use and you know th th things will change. There are very few bands, I mean it, it does generally tend to be the legacy bands, you know, like your ACDCs and your Rolling Stones and if you think about the classic Queen logo which incorporates the four star signs of all the four members, there are very few classic logos that, that carry on all the way through from almost like you know the inception right, yeah. right the way through to the present day. So don't worry too much. Again, if you if if you need to, to change things, and if you come up with you know with a great logo, even at some point in the in, you know, in your future or in the, in the very near future, just by keeping you know, just by reusing that one, that will you know that will that will eventually become your uh, your your primary source of imaging. So yeah, it's lots to think about, and as we uh, as we have a look in um, the uh, the next episode. We'll look at um, brand identity, and we'll have a look at um, other things associated with branding, again, which, which are perhaps even a little easier to implement. Okay, but ultimately, branding and the supposed commercialization of your band is not a bad thing. 
No, branding itself is not a bad thing because it leads to all these these great things. And if that in turn results in you getting more money at the end of the day for your music. Or more awareness. Or more awareness. Or uh, a stronger identity. And again, we'll, we'll come on to that more, uh, more next week. Then uh, it's a win-win. Okay. Absolutely brilliant. Right, thanks very much for listening and tuning in. Uh, if, you're, um, if you're listening on the podcast, please subscribe. If you're watching on the YouTubes, smash that subscribe button or whatever that means. Ring the Tip bell. Ring the bell or whatever. Indeed. And we shall see you next time. Thanks for watching. Bye. See you later.